0: Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Dedicated to the evolution of you, because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be. Helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. That's what a defense system is. A defense system that says, we can't feel this. And the best way to deal with it is to cover it up. And that's the best it knows how. It doesn't work. And so the therapist just sort of tries to pry the fingers off and help you to feel the thing that the part of you doesn't think you can feel. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Let's reframe responsibility. What if no one is inherently responsible or irresponsible? What if responsibility is simply the ability to respond to a situation? You have the ability to respond in every situation you're in. And the irony of it, what I call the responsibility paradox, is that people who are not being responsible don't wonder if they're being responsible or not, which would be the responsible thing to do. In other words, if you're curious about how responsible you're being, you're automatically being responsible. But if you just assume that you're being responsible and you're not curious, well, then you might not be as responsible as you could be. This episode was originally recorded as part of the Claiming Self-Authority course available at courses.clearandopen.com. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. Or if you're not enjoying the show, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, view the full description of this episode and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So that's a a great entree. See, look what happens when you're clear about stuff. It provokes thought and and useful stuff. So this is a a really interesting uh, jumping off point for all of the pieces in the code. I, I want you to hold it as these these principles i'm holding these as kind of not totally objective but definitely not subjective either i'm i'm asserting these as this is the kind of behavior that an honorable person exhibits so it's i'm not saying train yourself to do this or discipline yourself to do this and that's not the modus operandi for how to embody it that's not how you do it it's not about willing yourself to always be on time. It's not willing yourself to always get back to people within two days or whatever the number you agree on. It's not about willing yourself to, you know, investigate your own excuses. It's not about that. You can try that, but you will run into a limit. What it's about is realizing that that's what the authentic you does. And there are some principles related to that. I'm just going to start diving into it because here it is. But if you guys have more things to say about it, jump in. I'll give you more chances. But I'm going to jump in here. One of the principles I would offer behind uh, this, the the code and the essential qualities of it, is responsibility. And responsibility is a word that is not commonly well understood. I don't think. I like thinking of, of it as the ability to respond. You know, because that's what the word is. But at its its most basic level, responsibility is just the ability, parentheses, and willingness to respond. Responsiveness is another way of saying it. So when you respond to what arises, you're being responsible. When When something arises in your reality and you turn away from it, you're not being responsible. But the way we're conditioned about responsibility is like, it's like a set of behaviors or like uh, means you're a good person or or not. Oh, I'm a responsible person. You are, there's, I would say there's no such thing as a responsible person. You're only as responsible as your last moment of responsiveness. What the hell is a responsible person? There's stuff happening every moment. Each moment, you show up responsive to it or you don't. Like in dance, right? When you're dancing, there's different things happening every moment. Boom, you get, you're responding, 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 responding. If at any moment you fail to respond, you step on their foot or fall down or whatever. Something bad happens. Something undance-like happens. Oh, it was an unresponsiveness. Oh, now you're an irresponsible person. no. You see how unuseful that is? It's not about responsible person versus not responsible person. Those are just noun labels. They're not useful at all. It's especially not useful to think of yourself as a responsible person. That's a self-image because what happens is when people have a self-image of being a responsible person, what happens? They stop looking at their lack of responsiveness. Now they may be more responsible than the average person, right? Great. Okay. And then the next moment happens. Have you ever had this situation, you know, someone drops a ball and you say, Hey, did you thought you were gonna get that to me yesterday? And they get a little defensive and you're like, Yeah, but you know, we had a deadline. And, and they go, Hey, hey, I'm a responsible person. They say they have like that, they may not use those words, but that's the energy. Like, hey, what are you doing here? I heard someone say, I've never heard this expression before. Someone says, uh Stop hard timing me, like and stop providing accountability for my failure to keep an agreement. I'm I'm a good person. I'm responsible. Well, I don't know anything about that. In this domain, in this moment, you're not because you're not taking responsibility. You're not being responsive to me bringing up that you didn't do what you said you were going to do. See, and that's how the self image comes right in because the self image has this noun idea of. This is who I am, and uh, I'm sticking with that story. So there's no usefulness at all to the concept of you being responsible or not. Drop it. You're not irresponsible all the time, and you're not responsible all the time. And what do we even mean by all the time? The past, present, and future? The only thing that actually exists is right now, right? It's a destructive thing unproductive notion. Now, it can be useful to know about your history a little bit. Like If you're applying for a job that requires a lot of responsibility, there's a usefulness to the self-image. Okay, well, do I have a track record of responsiveness so that I could do a job like this? Hmm, let me think and go back in the past. Fine, that's useful. But as a moment-to-moment kind of thing, assuming you're responsible is exactly the cause of your responsibility you see that loop? Irresponsible people, sort of in quotation marks, people who have challenges with with responsibility, don't walk around going, oh, what am I going to do with myself? I've got this really big problem with responsibility. They don't do that because that's what a responsible person would say. (laughs) You see? A A responsible person would say, I have a problem with responsibility. I really need to work on that. In that moment, they're no longer irresponsible. You see? So the that's what I call the responsibility paradox is the most irresponsible people in the world have no clue. How could they? Because if they had a clue, they would be doing something about it, and then they wouldn't have a problem anymore. Know anyone like this? (laughs) Have you ever been someone like this? I was. I was in my younger years for sure. And then typically such people attract some fallings down, some failures. And that's really one way of talking about what failure is a teacher of. It's almost always a teacher of responsibility because you have this intention on the inside and you want to make something happen on the outside and you think you do all the things that you're supposed to do. But if you don't, then you have the outside reflector that says, oh, didn't happen. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's about you, but when it does, it's a mirror for you to look in. Huh. What didn't I do here? That's the curiosity thing. Okay. It didn't go as planned. What was my contribution to that? And that's that key curious moment, which is the second principle I wanted to talk about. Curiosity. Curiosity is a willingness to look at your contribution to anything and everything at all times. You see how it's really not different than responsiveness or responsibility. You could say, What you respond with when you respond is curiosity. Something arises. Ooh, what is that? What can I do? How did I contribute to that? That's curiosity. So what generally happens in the world is something arises that's unpleasant, and we turn away from it instead of wondering about it. I was just getting trained a couple weeks ago. I, I took over my bookkeeping because I was tired of paying too much money for mediocre work and my bookkeeping is not very uh complicated so i started to take it on i was getting trained by my accountant on how to do it and something arose like something went wrong you know i'm sharing my screen and something i think we were reconciling and and something didn't work and I, i had the reaction oh no and she went oh how interesting and i thought that was so cool and in in just that one moment, I had this gestalt of like, oh, that's where she got to be an accountant. You don't get to become an accountant where anytime numbers don't add up, you go, oh, crap. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's not the path to mastery. You have to have this engaged curiosity of like, she's, she was like, wow, I've never seen that before. Let's take a look. How interesting. What could be going on here? And in that moment, I was like, oh, okay, I'm at ease now even though neither of us knew what the issue was. But I immediately recognized authentic curiosity when I saw it. I was like, oh, okay, right. That makes sense. And then I started to get, oh, right. It's the same principle, new thing. You just be curious. I mean, I already knew that in financial management. makes sense that it would be in bookkeeping too. Although it's still fingertip. It's what I call fingertip labor, like sewing. It's small things. That's hard for me. So it's a good challenge for me to be curious about things that feel like I'm squinting and sewing and things like that. Makes me makes a part of me feel like I can't breathe. So good training, I guess. That's only a half hour a month, who cares? So curiosity, it's a willingness to engage. And from a Zen perspective, see Meditation for Awakening, that course, that really you could say, as I was saying to Rebecca on Slack just a few days ago, one way of defining what meditation is even enlightenment, you could say meditation is practicing intimacy with your experience. Enlightenment is you are intimate with your experience. I think it was uh, Basho, no, it was Dogen, the Zen master, said, um, defined enlightenment as intimacy with the 10,000 things. That was like at least a thousand years ago. Now it's more like 10 million things. But back then, life was simpler. So he said 10,000 intimacy with the 10,000 things. It's like whatever is arising, you're with it. You're with it. You're with it. There's no grasping at it, which would tunnel your vision. And there's no pushing it away. Certainly there's just a, Oh, what's that about? What's that about? What's that about? That's like the governing dynamic of how therapy works. For example, I mean, you can see it anywhere and everywhere. My mind's wanting to do 10 things at once. Uh, Remind me to talk about how it applies to music in a second if I forget. How it applies to therapy, is what, how therapy works is basically you're eliciting the therapist helps steer you into emotions that a part of you doesn't want to be intimate with. That's what a defense system is. A defense system says, we can't feel this. And the best way to deal with it is to cover it up. And that's the best it knows how. It doesn't work. And so the therapist just sort of tries to pry the fingers off and help you to feel the thing that the part of you doesn't think you can feel. And how the therapist does that is by being more curious about your experience than you are. That's how they do that. Because if you were really curious about your experience, you wouldn't need a therapist. It would just unravel. Now, that's not your fault. not our fault. Everybody has that. But an outside, because we've got that defense system that's like, no, no, nothing to see here. Don't look, don't look, don't look. And then you need a therapist to come along and go, I'm really curious about that. And then that part's like, what, you want to see this? Really? This is ugly. No, you don't want to see that. And the persistent therapist just keeps making it safer and safer and is more and more curious. And then, then you get curious too. And then you can become sort of your own therapist. And then it sees the light of day and dissolves, heals. That's it. You know I mean, there's lots of techniques and everything, but the the basic strategy is curiosity same thing in music. Are you impressed I remembered <laughs> I am so like if any of you ever practice an instrument or a martial art or anything kinesthetic, certainly or, or we've all learned to write um now we don't when we were too young really when we do that for that to be a good example. but like when you're playing um guitar, if you want to be able to play really fast with an instrument, one of the techniques is You try to play really fast, like a scale to a metronome. And then when you fail, you get curious about why and how you're failing. Like, oh, look at that. I can do it at 110 beats per minute. Let me turn it up to 130. Oh, now I can't do it. Why not? Let me look. Oh, look, it's the shift from this string to that string, or my pinky's coming up too high, or I'm using more strength, more tension is in my hand than needs to be. You get curious and you find out the root issue. That's how you do that. And then you slow down and you go, okay, or you do an exercise. Okay, my pinky's coming up too high. That's why I'm slowing down. And then you do a painstaking, annoying, well, it's not necessarily that. I find it annoying. You spend a half an hour doing a drill, lifting your pinky up just half a centimeter or even less, a quarter centimeter instead of a full inch off the fretboard. And you do that again and again. You get really curious and, oh, that's like fingertip labor. It's so nauseating for me. But that's what you do. And you're focusing your attention in on the issue. You're bringing your attention down into what is not working. Getting intimate with your pinky. Don't take that the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place.